That's beautiful, by the way. I love everything about this story. It's nothing but nonsense from everybody involved. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about the podcast Too Beautiful to Live in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me for this Monday recap edition of the show in the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, Anne Lundholm. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Bobby. And in the, I'm assuming, hot yoga studios, because how could it not be in Dallas, Texas, Meredith Mahan. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning, Bobby. Yeah, I just go outside now. I don't have to go to the studio. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just noticed, so I am I have the Instagram app on my phone, and I have a little red badge. I have uh, an iPhone, like a normal person, and hey. there's a little... <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> I'm just picking fights with the Android oh. users. Now, I have an iPhone. I don't care. Uh, I don't think it makes me better than anyone else, but I have a red badge on the Instagram app <laughs> with the number two on it. So, like, I have two unread Instagrams. I don't know. I don't Instagram, so I don't know. I've never posted a picture, but I have the app. I got it so that I could follow Pod Dog, uh, and then I somehow synced Facebook with it. So I'm such an old. I synced Facebook with it, and so I'm getting pictures now from lots of Facebook friends and whatever, uh, but I can't get rid of this badge with the two on it. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt for tech support, but if anyone knows, I can't figure out what I need to read or acknowledge or delete to get rid of this too. I say all of this because Meredith, you have suddenly started posting a bunch of yoga pictures. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Um, I, I was looking, I think it was that I was looking through my Instagram and I realized it was just all cat and dog pictures and I was like, how boring. Um, and I've been taking pictures of myself for a while, but I was a little bit uh, I don't know, hesitant to share them and kind of shy about it. And I don't, something cracked in me the other day and I was like, who cares? I'm going to post them all. <laughs> so, and I've been getting a lot of feedback, a lot of positive feedback. And one of my friends was like, oh my gosh, I actually want to try that. So if I can make some yoga converts, I think it'll be worth it. Oh, well, fair enough. All I know is that I accidentally was trying to scroll and I hearted a picture that you said was not just a picture of your butt. And then I felt weird <laughs> about it. And then I think I might've unhearted it. So if you saw all that happen in real time, I don't know what I'm doing. Ouch. Yeah. Bobby, you need so. a, like a grandson that you can call up <laughs> to help you <laughs> resolve these issues. I only mentioned that it was a picture of my butt because it features prominently, but it's not. that's not the point of the picture. So you're, right. you're allowed to heart it. It's right. fine. Okay. I mean, I put it up there because I like the heart validation. So heart to your heart's content. Okay. So, so noted. And, uh, you can follow me on Instagram if you want, uh, if you want to see pictures of nothing, I, I'll eventually, I take tens of stupid pictures every day mostly of other people's vanity license plates and i will someday start putting them through instagram i just need to learn how and i don't know my username so good luck finding me <laughs> boy we got off on a on a quick start there uh we're gonna do some lrb business followed by your week in review housekeeping and how you can get involved with this here podcast first business if you haven't listened to Friday's show yet, it was a first Friday, which means it was a Fletch Friday. And boy, she picked a gem. Um, she and Christy went back and listened to a clip that Christy had forgotten about, probably because it was so cringy that she blacked it out of her mind uh, from the time Luke did stand-up comedy at Mr. Mookie's show in Tacoma during a pimp convention, uh, tackling life's greatest question, what's the deal with white people? Good question. 
I love that Luke essentially decided to lean into it once he figured out it was a pimp convention. And this was back in the radio days, so there was some quick dumping on uh, Sean's part to make sure that it was radio friendly. <laughs> uh, we could not get a picture from Luke of him on stage in his Jesse Jackson 88 t-shirt, so I did create an artist rendering of that. So if you haven't been to the website in a while, or our Facebook page, Little Red Bandwagon, and you'd like to see about three and a half minutes of terrible Photoshop work, please... <laughs> Please do that. Uh, also on your radar, as Phyllis plugged on Friday's TVTL, our picnic is coming up in almost no time, just a couple of weeks away, Friday, August 18th, 5 p.m., Woodland Park. I don't know if, ladies, you noticed, but she plugged this picnic, and Andrew seemed surprised. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then she mentioned when it was, and he was surprised. And then she mentioned how conveniently close it was, yeah. and he was surprised. Oh, it's in Seattle. It is hmm. possible to have a picnic on, on a, a non-school Friday. night yeah. <laughs> in Wait, Seattle. you mean that thing that we asked you if you wanted to participate in or us to make happen <laughs> or anything? You don't remember that? It's news to him, huh? Huh. All right. Well, uh, if if we've learned anything this week, an absence of at least part of TBTL can actually make things stronger. So Friday, August 18th, 5 p.m., the Little Red Bandwagon picnic. No rules on food. Mike can correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, we'd love to have you there. Check out the Facebook page for more information, although that's really all the information. We'd love if you RSVP just so we know who to look for. And uh, I believe I heard recently there will be name badges, yes? Yes. Yep. So if, you, if you're if you shy um, or, or nervous or, you know, whatever, don't worry about it. We are an entire collection of super awkward podcast nerds. Yep. That's, the The listeners of this show are the most weird podcast nerd of all the TBTL fans. And that's saying something and we love all of you and we are equally weird and we will get through it together. So please don't hesitate to come. If you can, we'd love to meet you. Um, I have a note on the LRB business from my own life, which was that God didn't want me to come home from Canada. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like it was so long ago now, but coming back after taping our last recap, I got stuck in Canada for an extra day because of thunderstorms in Toronto Canada is so small that everything goes through Toronto. And if the Toronto airport shuts down, everything is fucked. So I ended up spending an extra night in uh, London, Ontario. And I only mention it because um, I wanted to mention a conversation I had with an airport employee in London. She was working the little coffee stand through the secure side of this tiny airport. Um, And Anne, I want you to know you have one less person in competition for Justin. Because this woman was telling me that Justin Trudeau is terrible. He's done awful things for their country. And even though Trump is louder, uh, Trudeau is actually worse than Trump. Mm. Well, I'd just like to point out that my interest in Justin Trudeau is completely apolitical. So I don't care. (laughs) He'd have to do something pretty bad before I would be uninterested. Um, I just thought it was weird to meet such a conservative Canadian. <laughs> they do I was exist, just so, apparently. so appalled. Yes, they do exist. So um, one less person getting between you and Justin. Uh, and do you have a, a summary of our throw your phone or hug your phone moments for this week? 
Um, we have a little bit going on. Um, we had a lot of praise for the week in general. Uh, Bob Stein sent us a fun email with uh, a few salient points, but I'll, I'll read the beginning. The, the put up, the hug your phone moment in praise of one Andrew Walsh, who last week did a bang up job hosting TBTL. His competence as a producer really came through the segments, the pacing, the choice of co-hosts and much less self-flagellating. I like that. He does tend to be mm-hmm. a self-flagellator. And there was a little bit of that, but he kind of, he couldn't dwell on it since he had shit to do these two weeks. And so I hope that we all agree that Andrew really did a, a great job these past couple of weeks. While And he kept referring to, you know, this is my, my last few days. I got to get things in because, you know, the king is going to be back and... This is the the last time I'm going to be holding the reins. And I was like, dude, you are so good. You step it up when Luke comes back. It's your show, too. Rest yeah, control. Yeah, he doesn't have to stop being a producer yeah. when Luke comes back because he's the producer of the show. Yeah, he did such a great job. So, yeah. I really enjoyed these last couple of weeks. Uh, we had one that came in on Wednesday, but I'm going to mention it now because uh, Mafio, who I met in Austin, she came down from D.C. She's great. Uh, she said um, the joy Andrew and Bean got from the Diplo story totally made my night. Plus the Andrew and Bean co-hosting combo is so fun. And I was going to make a point of saying that when we talked about them, that Bean is so smooth. My mm. God, there's a professional radio man. <laughs> so it was it was really great to have him on, and he and Andrew have great chemistry, and I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, we should really get Bean his own thing. Yeah, like he should he should clearly be on the radio. He mm-hmm. really yeah has somewhere. This out. I was so impressed with him keeping the shows moving mm-hmm. and also just clawing Andrew out whenever that self-flagellation did come up. Yes. <laughs> just just putting him right back on track and, and keeping it moving. Um, I'm amazed that this comes from the same man who suggested a segment of people's parrots talking on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want yeah, to get well, ahead of myself. When you're on the hour for five hours or <laughs> on the air for five hours or whatever it was, he said. I mean, That's true. You got to scrape the bottom of the barrel every once in a while yeah Yeah. uh and meredith you have a note in business yeah um when i was in michigan a few weeks ago um i I neglected to mention last week and and i've been kicking myself all week that um a friend of the show don hafner invited me over for lunch and so i got to meet her in person i got to meet her awesome husband spencer and their two dogs and their cat and uh she uh made lunch for us it was really great um so thank you again don um there was a fun little uh uh I don't know. I wanted to call it a disaster. It wasn't a disaster. Um, We were going to eat outside on her picnic table because it was really nice out. And there was an umbrella in her picnic table and she went to open it and kind of like when she got it cranked up, she kind of squealed and jumped back. (laughs) Like, what's going on? And there was a bat sleeping inside of this umbrella. Oh, no. (laughs) And we're all kind of like, whoa, (laughs) you know, get the dog inside. And and I was like, let's just let's just abandon this. But Spencer um, is a valiant, brave man. And he uh, uh, took the the umbrella out and kind of shook the bat over on the side of the yard and it it fell on the ground and i was a little concerned but then it like shook shook itself off and flew away so no bats were harmed no people got rabies everything was fine so thanks again don that was awesome 
it took you a week or two to get over the shock of that to tell us about it, but I'm glad yeah. you did. And I guess when we get to the question of the day about animal encounters, you've already got your stuff. Yeah, covered. true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Meredith, why don't you get us started with our week in review? All right, Monday, 2435, getting dental with it. Um, right off the bat, we're t- to a great start because Andrew is talking about farts, his <laughs> office stinks, and uh, he didn't think to air it out before Durs came over. Uh, and uh, Durs is maybe wondering immediately why he took the day off for this. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like he vacated while the, the room aired out a little bit. So yeah. that's good. Yeah before they were stuck in there for an hour for a show. Um, Andrew tells us a story about uh, going to a Mariners game over the weekend, and he was feeling really annoyed with the opposing team's fans because they were singing and dancing, and the Mariners weren't doing well, and, and it kind of hurt his feelings. And so when the Mariners turned it around and started doing well and then won, he was heckling back, it sounds like, ten times worse than they were. Yeah. And, and there's... I think said exactly right. You know, he was just like, I don't think that's exactly the right time to, to heckle people. They already lost. They're already not feeling well. You don't have to kick them when they're down. Right. No gloating. That's not yeah. sportsmanlike. Right. Yeah. You know, as a fan behind enemy lines, um, I have not been to a Bills game at Gillette and, you know, to see them play the Patriots because the tickets are ridiculous and it's a whole thing. But I do go to Bruins games when my Buffalo Sabres are in town at least once a year because Sam's a season ticket holder and, you know, it's an easy enough thing to do and I get to see my hockey team in person. And the first couple of times I went, the Sabres actually won in Boston and the fans are surprisingly mellow after that. Like they just don't, they know their place after that. They're not going to give me shit like my team just won. Um, but when the Sabres lose, they can be pretty rowdy rubbing it in. <laughs> and of course, I'm in, you know, a jersey and my full gear and get up and because I'm, you know, I like my team and I'm proud of my team. And I know they're not very good, so I don't really care. Like, I know they're probably going to lose. <laughs> um, and Boston fans are particularly annoying. I mean, they're called bassholes for a reason. But when this, <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's impressive. Um, well, I mean, everybody's drunk. I guess it's not that impressive. Yeah. It's yeah. not a surprise. <laughs> uh, question of the day today is uh, about your worst date ever. And Durs has two stories. The first being when he was on a first date, sounds like a blind date, and the woman's kind of crazy stalker ex showed up and said a bunch of terrible things about her to Durs. Um, and I thought he was probably listing all the things he had done to her rather than vice versa. Because <laughs> that's usually what that kind of guy yeah. does. And then uh, Durs kind of ha- walked her home and then she was concerned about him. So she's like, please text me when you get back, which is terrifying. Implying that this guy might, you know, follow him or hurt him or something. Right. Yeah. Ugh. Awful. Um, and then a, a lighter story about accidentally letting uh, the cats out. This woman who didn't really like him. <laughs> And that was the end of that. And it's not, it's pretty funny to me that they didn't even have a discussion. It was just like, yeah, bye. <laughs> no yeah. more of this. <laughs> yeah, it was already on its last breath. So, yeah, it sounds like it was on its way out. And that was the last straw. Um, I've got I don't have any disastrous dates in that vein, but I do have a short story about a um, a boyfriend when I was 19 years old and we had just started dating 
Um, and his name is Gabe. He was like 21. Um, and one night his friend Mike went with us to this 18 and up club. And so, you know, they had to go to 18 and up clubs cause I couldn't drink legally. So our choices were limited and our choices were terrible. So we ended up at this place called Bucking Beaver Bar in Grand Rapids. Yeah. They had a mechanical bull, but that doesn't explain why they call it that at all. Um, so both of the guys started drinking and they drank a good deal, but Mike drank an extra lot and it was basically fine until the end of the night. And I of course was the designated driver. So for various boring car related reasons, I drove us all back to Gabe's mom's house. And, uh, one dazzling deed of the story is that on the way home, Mike flipped down the back seat of the car and rolled himself into the trunk and just was in the trunk the whole way home and was singing to us. And then when we got there, Gabe had to open the trunk and drag him out. Um, and so we ended up making, uh, Mike a bed on the floor of Gabe's bedroom where he just quickly passed out. And then because we're like classy teenager idiots, Gabe and I started making out in the bed, but Mike almost immediately started snoring so loudly that it basically just killed the mood. <laughs> uh, and dazzling deep number two is that uh, when Mike woke up in the morning, he actually said, dude, where's my car? Because <laughs> we had switched cars. So, I mean, it wasn't a great date. That was the first time that we had kissed. So that's a fun first kiss story. Wow. Yeah, terrible. Bucking Beaver Bar doesn't exist anymore. Um, no surprise, because people kept getting shot there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I tried to find a picture, and I found a picture of a bar with a Trump Make America Great Again sign over the back of the bar. But this one appears to be in South Carolina. <laughs> well, this was in the early 2000s, but it wouldn't surprise me if Bucking Beaver did have that sort of yeah. banner. Um, anyway, top story of the day, um, is apparently that it's the first day of the second week of Luke's vacation. (laughs) Stop the presses. Yeah. Um, and basically it's just, most of this episode is a phone call to Luke. Um, and we learn a few really interesting things that he shaved his head. Uh, and, and that's disputed later. It sounds like he did a buzz cut. Um, But he did a pretty major haircut. Um, and I think it looks fine. I think it looks nice. I do, Of course, too. I like the shaved head look. So, But yes. I don't think that was a disaster. Yes, uh-uh. you do. It's a number three buzzer. That's what I get on the sides when I get a regular haircut. You know. If I ran that across the top of my head, it would look fine. But I don't on principle because if I'm paying for a haircut, I want there to be some level of skill involved. <laughs> you don't want to overpay for for haircuts. Well, you know, I'm going to Supercuts. This this young lady cutting my hair uh, invariably has been trained. Um, she can scissor trim on top and leave me a little something. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. If I could just do a number three across my whole head, and I could, I would just do it in the mirror, except that, you know, that's, that's a lot of mess to clean up. I think that's the real, for men, on top of just not wanting to do it yourself and maybe missing a patch, going to Supercuts means not having to clean the entire bathroom after you give yourself a haircut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do they give you the little head massage at Supercuts? Uh, it depends. Yeah, it depends on who and when and where. Um, I don't usually get it because I'm usually quick in and out. I take a shower right before I go. It's a few blocks from the house. I get my hair cut. I come back and I take another shower. So it's a whole cycle. Um, but when I lived in Buffalo, I had a roommate who convinced me to go to the salon that he had been getting his haircuts at strictly because the head massage was so good so (laughs) there are people who seek that out for sure um 
Carrie, we learn, thinks that he looks like Marlon Brando. Um, and maybe she's pumping up his ego a little bit because, um, <laughs> and like you said, he, he doesn't really look like Marlon Brando, but he doesn't look bad. No, he looks great. I just wouldn't compare him to Marlon Brando. And you have to be very specific. Which era Marlon Brando are we comparing oh, yes. him to? Streetcar Named Desire or, you know, The Godfather? Right. Two different things entirely. Well, he did get all of those um, prosthetics put in his face after he got his hair cut. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Luke makes a couple comments that he has betrayed the laser baldness helmet and that his neighbors saw him out in the front yard and he feels very bad now that they know he's bald. <laughs> Luke, nobody was fooled. Oh, no, and nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares at all. Um, and then on to the next dazzling deed of this call is that his teeth are turning green. <laughs> so he's been basically doing his own dental care. Um, <laughs> and what did he say? You, I've been overpaying for dental care? Yeah, he said, quote, I've been pay- overpaying for dental care. And I thought to myself, no, you haven't. You don't go to the dentist. It's right. a whole arc on TVTL about how he doesn't go to the dentist for like eight years at a time. Terrible. And then, okay, so he got this kit off of Amazon with the, the scrapers and all that stuff. And I thought that was a really bad idea. I mean, he did manage to get all the moss off of his teeth, sounds like. But I was thinking, gosh, that that would be terrible for your enamel. If you don't know what you're doing, you'd probably yeah. damage your teeth. You could. Pro- and actually, I had my dentist appointment this week, and I asked my hygienist about this, and she said... You know, I wouldn't do it every day, but it's actually not the worst idea in the world. Mm. It's like, oh, I could just see like my hand slipping and like jabbing it up under the gum there. (laughs) Yeah. And trying to maneuver both the mirror and a sharp object in the back of your mouth when you can't really see very well. That just sounds like a recipe for disaster. I'm going to leave it to the professionals personally. Right. I think I found the set that Luke bought, and I have to say, he cheaped out. It was nine ninety nine, but there is a thirteen ninety nine set that has an extra long pair of angled uh, tweezers too. I mean, ew, why? He... <laughs> <laughs> oh no, wait, I lied. They both have the tweezers. Uh, the new set just has more hooks with different curves, so you can really get in there. Oh boy. Well, I guess I like this better than just not having any dental care. Yeah, you're right. Um, Carrie comes on the phone and talks to us about this a little bit. And and she had to talk about how she sort of softened the blow um, of, of breaking the news to him that he had moss growing on his teeth. And this really resonated with me because, I mean, I've known Duff for most of my life now at this point, and I know how to talk to him and I know how to deliver news in such a way that it isn't going to hurt his feelings, or at least I can try. Um, and I use a lot of like soft language, a lot of maybes, a lot of sometimes, or have you considered? <laughs> and he's totally on to me now. And he'll say, are you managing me right now? <laughs> yes, maybe. <laughs> but it works, you know, it doesn't get, it doesn't upset him. Um, and I forget who said this, but somebody's calling, maybe Luke called himself this Green Teeth McBaldy. So <laughs> that sounds like Luke. a summary of that call. Yeah. Um, moving on to emails, we learned that Durs hates the Doogie Hauser theme song. And have we discussed how we feel about this before on the show? Because I don't like it. 
I think I'm used to it by now. I think yeah. when they started to do it, I was like, no, I, I felt like it just added another layer of complication that they didn't need. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the idea that it's whatever, like 14 minutes long. And so when they get to the end of it, they know that they should be done. If they ever followed that, that would be great. Well, they just restart it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm sort of the opposite of Anne. Anne's gotten used to it. I have grown tired of it. Ah. Um, I I think I just didn't expect it to last this long. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, our email, our first email is from listener Heather, and she tells us about Pepper, the pet raccoon who went swimming with her when she was a kid, lived with one of her friends, it sounds like. Uh, and this spawned a whole bunch of more um, raccoon stories. Andrew talks about how he was basically attacked by three raccoons on a porch. And when he threw his cigarette at them, they all ran towards it and he ran inside. I think they just wanted to bum a smoke. <laughs> I don't think they were going to hurt him. <laughs> and then Heather also talks about how she, she, when she was a kid, their family housed a bunch of orphan possum babies inside the house. Uh, sounds like a nightmare to me. Uh, and, and then an unknown listener writes in and, and, and wonders why it's so bad to put ketchup on a hot dog. Um, and they're going to do it anyway. And I say, live your best life. Who cares what you put on a hot dog? Um, and Durs agrees. He, he says that he puts everything on his hot dog at the ballpark because it's free. Uh, why not take advantage of all these free condiments? <laughs> Isn't that what Mike said? Yeah. Yep. He's going to pay $7 for a hot dog or whatever. He's going to get all the condiments. Totally. It's got a full relish plate on there. You get the full mm-hmm. appetizer course. You get your serving of vegetables in for the day. Mm-hmm. And then Andrew tells us about his old friend from college, Dr. Hot, Hot Dr. Greg. Yeah. And he would make ketchup rice um, when he was poor in college and ate dumpster bagels. So I hope Ooh. he's doing better now that he's a doctor. Goodness. It sounds disgusting. I think I've told my dumpster bagel story before, but freshman year of college, um, working at a coffee shop in downtown Buffalo, I would bring home the baked goods at the end of the night that were going to be thrown away. And I would sort of feed the tower that I lived in, the floors at the top of my dorm tower, because I was on the top floor and it was a small building at the top. And so we were all really close because there was just you know a few of us who lived on those top couple of floors. And one of the stupid things we would do, probably under the influence of some level of alcohol or weed, um, is we would take the bagels and we would use them as weapons, uh, dodgeball style up and down the hallway, <laughs> uh, with things like garbage can lids as shields. And, uh, I threw a cinnamon raisin bagel across the room and hit, well, I, I broke Ake's nose. <gasps> what? Wow. Were they that uh, stale? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> And uh, it's it's partially his fault. He didn't get out of the way. Um, and he's one of these guys who had played a lot of contact sports and had already banged up his nose a couple of times anyway. And so um, he he had some other stuff going on and um, ended up getting it checked out. And just his nose was a little bit bigger than it was before. Aww. Wow. <laughs> but uh, we, we fully acknowledged it was a no-fault situation. I mean, I felt terrible. But, you know, we were idiots. Something was bound to happen. But, yeah, cinnamon raisin to the face. Ouch. That'll do it. It's a good story. Yeah. That's Monday. Uh, before we go to Tuesday, I was also just wondering, do you think Hot Greg's radar just tingled <laughs> yes. wherever he is? I was thinking that, too. It's like, hmm, hot Dr. Greg. Did he go back to school? Oh, God. Can you imagine Greg in medical no. school? No. Uh, 
We love you, Hot Greg, if you're listening. I promise. Tuesday, 2436, Parrot the Interruption. It's a sultry Tuesday edition of TBTL with Bean Baxter, uh, who brings his own drops. He's broadcasting from an undisclosed studio somewhere <laughs> in Seattle, uh, and he has full technology access. So he is uh, pulling his weight on the drops. Uh, question of the day, uh, geared mostly at Bean, what's the worst radio segment you ever did? I alluded to one of them earlier. When he thought and pitched hard for the idea for having listeners call in and have their parrots talk on air. And to this day, he's not sure if the one woman they got online was just gaslighting them. Don't know. Maybe she didn't even have a parrot. Uh, he has also suggested a burp off on the air. Oh, my no, goodness. I would have to turn that off. <laughs> um, Andrew, I don't think answered this did he i didn't have it in my notes Mm -mm. but you know i'm sure andrew would just say this very moment at any given time when he's on the radio so he didn't answer the date question either he was not really into his own segment this week yeah but we know the answer to that one right well that's true well do we though there's a choose your own adventure of andrew's life that (laughs) any of those options could easily be his worst date so um i'm gonna go with the the guy making out with two girls at the other end of his bed. Yeah. Oh, I was bad. going with the obligatory kiss. That's true, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the one that p- popped into my mind, too. Yeah. Uh, before we continue, I wanted to mention an ad read for a new sponsor called Blinkist because it's um, Cliff's Notes audio, which is fascinating as someone who didn't read a lot of books I was supposed to as an English major. Um but I also just thought it was funny that they're promoing hard this basically cheater's guide to reading things. Yeah, it's like so. Reader's Digest for yeah the modern age, I guess. Sure. Uh, then we get a Bean quiz. Uh, Bean is turning the tables on Andrew and quizzing Andrew. And the quiz is, is this a Lana Del Rey song or a Jaden Smith tweet? That was hard. And, and yeah. There are t- ten questions. Andrew goes three and seven. <laughs> if my count was right, three and seven. Um, yeah. I mean, I I guess I like Lana Del Rey. I've never really sought out a lot of her music. Everything I've heard, I guess I've liked, except that SNL appearance they mentioned, which was Oof. terrible. It was terrible. I, I saw it live when it first happened. I just happened to be watching it, and I thought something was broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I've always found her to be somewhat affected. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but I I don't know. She seems yeah. it seems to be a lot of shtick almost that she does. This sort well, of it sounds like that's kind of on purpose. Like she tried yeah. to go out and be herself, and it didn't work, so she <laughs> right. had to put on a persona. <laughs> so she's got to like work with that, I guess, forever. Right. Uh, top story, but not really. It's hot. <laughs> it's so hot that Andrew is wearing shorts, what? which is rare. Oh my god! Uh, and uh, Bean, on the other hand, always wears shorts, and it's a rare moment when he wears pants. Um, I mentioned this for a couple of reasons. The first is that Andrew mentioned wearing his like gym workout shorts when he's walking Genevieve to the UW and back. Um, and it makes me wonder if he's wearing the shorts that we bought him ages ago because sure. we bought him a pair of, right. of gym shorts, really nice gym shorts. Mike put a lot of thought into what shorts to get him. Um, and he, we got him to replace the tonight pants 
Right. And he basically told us these are great, but they're not replacing the tonight pants. <laughs> these are not better than the belted khaki cutoffs. Right. Uh. So I'm wondering if our shorts were nice enough for out of house wear in his scale. <laughs> Because I know I, if I'm wearing gym shorts and I have to run out to run an errand, I I have a moment where I have to make a critical decision whether or not I want to be seen looking like I'm going to or from the gym, mm-hmm. even though I know I'm not going to or from the gym. So uh, it's a judgment call. I know. I make a calculation depending on where I'm going and what time of day it is, whether I'm willing to go in my workout clothes. Right. I suggested to Sam last night after she was in her pajamas that we make a run to Walmart Um the dishwasher's been acting up. We need some of those pods that clean the dishwasher. And I just looked at her and I said, you're overdressed. You've <laughs> <laughs> been fine. Yeah. It's the one place we could have gone in that it's condition. Walmart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then Andrew asks me what's the least he's ever worn while broadcasting since he does the Kevin and Bean show from all sorts of different places and he's usually alone uh, and with the wonders of technology, as Luke has taught us, you don't have to be wearing anything at all. Um, and it just made me wonder if Andrew was starting to miss Luke. <laughs> <laughs> because we wouldn't have gotten this far in the week in this conversation without Luke mentioning that he's in his underwear in a hotel room or something. Uh, top story suggested by Luke. Um, John Popper of The Counting Crows is so aggressively attacking the haters on Twitter that he is trolling them, he is doxing them, and he is trying to sick the Mexican mafia on one of them. It takes a lot to make me feel sorry for a Twitter troll. Yeah. Yeah. uh, It also reminded me that because Luke's not here, we didn't get any Adam Duritz impressions. (laughs) Even with the crow talk later in the week. Exactly. It comes back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, other than that, he's just unhinged. I, I can't even imagine. Um, so weird. Mm-hmm. What a super troll. Yeah. Um, the high, the dazzling detail of all of this is that a lot of this hate stems from an interview he gave where he, I guess, admitted that um, he gets winded while taking care of himself in private. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or he did. That was he the did. catalyst yeah. for losing weight. Right, right. Well, I mean, I guess if you got to have a reason, that's a really good one. <laughs> I mean, they say you should do it for yourself, right? right. Not for anyone mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. So, True. yeah. Hey, whatever gets it going, I guess. Yeah. On to a more adorable story. Little old couple, I'm assuming a little old couple, the Yoders are trying to hit every cracker barrel. I think autocorrect wrote cracker ball, baller in our notes. I love cracker that. <laughs> a little different. Well, they're definitely cracker ballers. There's yeah, no doubt are. about that because they are cool and they're definitely white. Um, they go to every single cracker barrel. They buy something. They leave a tip. And when new ones open, they go for the ribbon cuttings and stuff like that. They have become quite um, known, I guess, in the cracker barrel circuit. You suppose they have an RV? Are they RV people? Because that sort of seems like an RV type thing. I wonder if they, like Walmart, I wonder if they're allowed to park overnight in a Cracker Barrel parking lot. (laughs) They get special dispensation. I've been to a couple Cracker Barrels when I was a kid, and I hated them even then. It's disgusting. Well, it is just 
you know, the lowest form of that kind of home country style food and kitsch. Yeah, it's overcooked and full of butter and salt, which normally I'm okay with the butter and the salt part, but ugh, not good. I always tell Sam I want to go to Cracker Barrel because we have billboards for him around here and she never, ever lets me. So we've never been in the time we've been <laughs> married. <laughs> I think that's fine. Well, the thing is, she's going to call me on it one of these days and then we're going to have to go, which is going to be even worse. I'm sure it's great. I have um, extended relatives. My brother-in-law's wife grew up in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, and the Cracker Barrel in their town was like the place you went if you didn't want to go to Applebee's. Mm-hmm. And so I I get it. <laughs> and I'm sure for breakfast, there's probably a lot of greatness in the, you know, everything well, sure. smothered in sausage gravy or You whatever. can't mess up eggs and toast and sausage and <laughs> gravy. Right. Nobody can mess right. that up. Um, Do you guys have any obsessions like this, though? Because when I was in college, my buddy Ben and I were going to try to go to every Wegmans. And then there were just too many because they kept opening more and we couldn't find the time to plot out the road trip to do it. And then a couple of years ago, some guys, basically us of this generation, did it. And they made headlines and got written up in the local newspaper in Rochester. And we were mad that they stole our (laughs) our thunder. (laughs) No, I've never had the urge to do anything like this. No, me neither. You're not going to go to every Bucky's down I-35? That actually might be a good one, though. There's probably not that many, right? I mean, it can't be yeah, that bad. It's only in Texas, I think. Just a lot of beaver nuggets. Yep, I'm okay yeah. with that. Uh, talk of food got us into Bean's uh, Grand Slam order for his Build Your Own Grand Slam. And I, I mention this because I think it's the healthiest possible breakfast you could order uh, at... Uh, a Denny's. His is wheat pancakes with egg whites, turkey bacon, chicken sausage, and a coffee. Yeah, really. Way to go. I guess if you're having it all the time, you'd have to be careful or you would right. become 500 pounds pretty quickly. And it does sound like he's doing it at least weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, Andrew suggests that if we want to get mail to Bean, we can just send it to the Burian <laughs> Denny's. <laughs> uh Bean wanted to get 50 haircuts in 50 consecutive states. Oh, yeah. It's the consecutive that really scuttled that point yeah. for sure. You he know, can he still ma- do it. Right. He mentions that he drove to Idaho to get a haircut and that he drove south to Oregon to get a haircut. And I'm wondering, when you're driving to Idaho and Oregon and you're only on, like, states five and six and you're blowing your sort of um, escape hatch options for emergencies in the yeah. states that border yours. Right. Um you're, you're giving up a little early, you know. Those have to be the emergency break break glass haircuts. <laughs> um, you want to save those as long as you can. And he, he burned all of his uh, help too early on in that. But I did tweet at him from the LRB account. I said, if he wants to come to Rhode Island, I'll take him to a Supercuts. I'll take him to a Denny's. We'll do the whole thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Rhode Island's one of the two states he hasn't right. gotten well, a haircut o- in. Only right? two, well, it's the only two states he hasn't been to. He's been to every right. state except Rhode Island and... I don't remember what the other one was, but... Arkansas, maybe? Something like that. How do you go to Connecticut and Massachusetts and not go to Rhode Island? The highway that connects them runs through here. Anyway. Well, I know. I had that thought. He lives in Louisiana now. That's very close to Arkansas. Yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, the thing we can't tell Bean is my regular Supercuts is actually in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, but I'll find him (laughs) one in Rhode Island if he comes. (laughs) 
Um, then we get something about Andrew having a fear of deer. I sort of lost the thread for a few minutes there. Uh, yes, they have dead eyes. Yes, it's creepy. But I grew up with deer <laughs> hanging out in my backyard so they don't phase me. Um, also grew up eating venison. So I guess either way it goes, you know. I'm Whatever. afraid of deer in certain situations. They're, they live in um, the woods near my mom's house, and every once in a while you'll be outside in the garden at night, and there will be a buck huffing at you. That's a little scary. Um, if they get angry, you know, they could gore you. Um, and the other is when they're on the side of the road because they can also run into your car and kill you. Right. Yes, that is true. Um, when I was a kid, my aunt hit a deer, but didn't hit a deer. The deer hit her Mm -hmm. she was driving and the deer literally ran into the back third of her car right so that happens a lot yeah so uh and then they play lana del rey's brooklyn baby and andrew wonders if it's sarcastic or not and i'll just say it's definitely sarcastic yeah it's gotta (laughs) be definitely leaning into it all right okay then wednesday number 2437 you smell like family uh, Bean is back to co-host again. He says that uh, he received a lot of contact from lots of tens after yesterday's show, including the one from you, Bobby, and how uh, awesome tens are, which we all knew, of course. He specifically uh, mentions uh, marsupial gurgle and uh, archiving the episodes. I think he's a little bit confused on how that's all set up and who does what and Andrew is as well, but I think we all really appreciate the fact that that he's paying attention to the fan community. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is somebody who archives the Kevin and Bean show. Uh, um, I don't know exactly what that entails every day, but that sounds like a lot of work. Not that I would know anything about that. And uh, <laughs> on the subject of podcasts about podcasts, there is something called the B Team Podcast. That's the producers or crew or whoever from the Kevin and Bean show that have started doing their own side podcast now. So really, everybody does have a podcast, apparently. Yeah. Uh, Bean said even he has started a podcast that he characterizes as a backup for when this whole radio thing falls through. Uh, And uh, then Andrew wants to talk about drops some more, since they talked about how much Bean loves them yesterday. And he quizzes Bean on drops that he has sent Andrew over the years. And Bean's like, I don't know. I don't know where that's from. (laughs) Uh, There was one that I wrote down the quote that was, my smile says yes to my success. I think my therapist would like me to like embroider (laughs) that on a pillow or something. Uh, And Bean shares that he pulls audio every single day. Like his ear is just so attuned to listening to it that uh, it's coming coming at him 24-7. So that's why he has uh, fresh content on that all the time. Uh, may uh, I interrupt momentarily yes. with... I, I hadn't downloaded Bean's podcast yet, and it just occurred to me that I should, so I typed Bean into my podcatcher. Because I don't know what it's called. I don't remember. And so I can't find it, but here's what I have found. The Beancast marketing podcast from the Cool Beans group, and I'd like to note that Beancast is trademarked Uh oh so i hope beans podcast is not called the bean cast because this guy looks like he means business we've got the bean counter we've got bean town pals with bucky and betty we've got the bean and bone podcast we've got the bean international podcast 
the Bean and Cheese Show with Ben Bean Sanchez and Nacho Cheese Logano. <laughs> We've got uh, Bean and Gone. It looks like that might be a coffee-themed podcast. The Bean Holes. Uh, it goes and goes. Beanie and the Geek, which sounds like a, a drive-time radio show. Most of them do sound like drive-time radio. Well, you know. They need a Kevin. Um, the Jelly Bean Radio. Oh, and way down this list, I find the Kevin and Bean Show on K Rock. <laughs> Weird. Not the one I'm looking for, but uh, yeah. So uh, we need clarification on this. I need the name of Bean's podcast. I'll work on this. This is not homework for the listeners. I feel like they did say it at one point. Yeah. Yes. It was something kind of nondescript. I did not write it down, unfortunately. I'm sure I could also just Google it. Yes, um, probably. <laughs> well, so we have a couple of questions of the day. Uh, was this first one from you, Bobby, which was, why are you obsessed with Pluto and uh, have the name uh, Clyde Tombaugh uh, as your Twitter handle? Um, and Bean says, it's because he doesn't know why Clyde Tombaugh isn't super famous because he discovered Pluto and he did a whole bunch of other cool things and he thinks he's really interesting and that people should know more about him. So this is his tribute to him. I think it's a very strange choice for a Twitter handle of somebody who has a, a fairly public profile. I mean, it makes it harder for people to find him if they don't know what they're looking for, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, then that's right. the... he's, he's cool enough that he doesn't care. Um, right. That's true. Uh, the Twitter handle Roy Plunkett, the guy who invented Teflon is taken sadly, but it <laughs> appears to be a kid with three tweets. Who's got 13 followers and he hasn't no. tweeted since 2015. So any chemists out there who would love to pick up a, a lesser known chemist who should be no more, see if you can wrestle Roy Plunkett away from this kid. <laughs> Yeah, I think Bean is probably not hung up like Luke on how many Twitter followers he has and whether or not he's verified. Uh, second uh, question of the day, this is from Shira, longtime listener Shira. How do you like living in New Orleans? And Bean says, well, the people are so friendly there. The food is awesome and you shouldn't judge it by what goes on in the French Quarter. Oh, and it's hot there. <laughs> <laughs> he said he just yeah. wasn't prepared for how hot it was. I think that's one of the reasons I've never actually been there. I'm scared. My northern blood couldn't take it. Yeah, I'll just go in the winter. Yeah, probably. Then the official question of the day. This is such an Andrew question, which was, were you obsessed with radio as a kid? And Bean says, yes, he always wanted to be on the radio he just knew it from a very young age and he is a huge admirer of Casey Kasem and used to listen to the American Top 40 and uh and so yes yes he was obsessed with radio as a kid as was Andrew so we don't really even need him to answer that question then they had a little, I'll call it an interlude, where they brought up Song of the Summer, and uh, Bean had a criticism that he wanted to make, is that they disqualify songs that they consider too mainstream because, quote, Luke is a goddamn hipster. <laughs> <laughs> Someone had to say it. Yep. And then Andrew argues back, you know, there was Despacito and whatever that... Uh, um, Calvin Harris song was and all of that. So they are going for the mainstream stuff, but 
I think Bean has a good point. Mm-hmm. Top story for today is this very confusing story about Diplo versus Denny's in a <laughs> Twitter beef. And the story goes something like Diplo's label tweeted a picture of a potato. And uh, I believe this is a label that he owns or controls. It's not like the label that he's a part of. So it's something that he has direct responsibility for. But it tweeted a picture of a potato. And Denny's later also tweeted a picture of a potato. And then Diplo got mad at them for stealing the joke. And he insulted their food. And uh, Andrew and Bean can't figure out why tweeting a picture of a potato is funny anyway. But then we peel the layer back and it wasn't actually Diplo tweeting the insult. It was James Vanderbeek pretending to be Diplo in service of this satire comedy uh, series that's coming out. I think it's on Vice. I think it just started this week. So who knows what's going on and if Denny's was in on it, but Diplo is an executive producer of this show. So definitely he is in on the fake Diplo stuff. And my overwhelming question is, how did this fake Diplo get Twitter verified? He's got the blue check. Yeah, he does. Well, it is James Vanderbeek. So Twitter verification is a funny thing. Somebody probably just knows somebody at Twitter and said we're doing this project. I don't know. I guess. So do either of you two have any commentary about this? I mean, so if you Google Diplo potato, you get, there's some sort of association (laughs) and there is a YouTube username called potato will eat you all one word. And I think that's Diplo's, what is it? I don't know, but he, it sounds like he's also talked about potatoes before. There's some sort of association. I don't know. Maybe he's just making it up, but Hmm. I don't think it's totally out of nowhere. Although it doesn't make any sense. I think that the Denny's Twitter account is a national treasure. <laughs> Isn't the Wendy's Twitter account supposed to be really great, too? Yeah. What's with all these these restaurant Twitter accounts taking the world by storm? Mm. Meredith, will you be my grandson? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can fix your Instagram for you, too. <laughs> this is the most I've ever talked about Dilpo. So, <laughs> uh, Then they move into some Denny's Dazzling Deets. Uh, I don't know exactly how much we need to go into that, but you know how Andrew loves his Dazzling Deets and it used to be called Danny's before there was some sort of name conflict and they changed it. The Grand Slam is a tribute to Hank Aaron, which Bean guesses correctly, kind of just off the top of his head. Uh, for a long time, many of the stores just had no locks on the doors because they were open 24-7. And there is something called a Grand Cruise Slam for $300 in one of the <laughs> upscale Denny's in New York. I don't know if that's an oxymoron. But essentially, it. I looked it up. It's two Grand Slams, so two meals and a bottle of Dom. So that's where the 300 comes in. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't think that I'm going to um, Denny's for my champagne, but all right. Uh, at this point, Nick Jarin uh, comes in in um, to prepare for Game of Thrones, and Bean is really complimentary towards Nick. He really likes him a lot and heard him 
wherever he heard him on Cairo, I guess, and thought it was great that, you know, that these young, sharp talents were carrying the radio torch. And then he found out that Nick left radio and he's really <laughs> sad about that. And he asks him why. And Nick doesn't really answer other than to say that he really loves doing his podcast. And that's about the right level of media for him. Uh, I agree. I really enjoyed Nick on the show. Uh, we have an email from Elizabeth about uh, beard talk. And Bean goes, Genevieve? Immediately, which <laughs> made me laugh out loud. And then uh, that was recurring throughout the, the segment. Uh, Andrew is trying to grow his beard down. I guess I kind of understand what that means. And Elizabeth is a hairstylist, so she wants to give him beard trimming tips. And she will make a, a tutorial video for him if he wants that. And this takes Andrew into one of his anxiety topics which is uh, talking to the hairstylist. I mean, what what level should you talk to them with? Should you be chatty or should you not? And Elizabeth said that she lets the customer engage on their terms. So she'll take their cue from them. Uh, Andrew said he can't tend to be overly chatty, kind of gets into a, the dad joke territory. So he's been trying to rein that in a little bit and take his clues from the stylist. So if they're taking their clues from him and he's <laughs> taking his cues from them, I don't know what happens. They just and sit there Bean, in silence the whole time. Yeah. Bean says, isn't there a basic human connection between two people that's really <laughs> rude to ignore? You shouldn't be too good to talk to your stylist. And I wrote down, Bean is not an introvert. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> it's taken me years to get there's two girls at the Supercuts right near my house that um, that was demeaning. There are two women at the Supercuts near my house who who sort of I'll alternate between if either one of them is available, I'll go. Um, and I finally reached the point where neither of them will ask me if I have kids or when I'm having kids. <laughs> <laughs> You've just said no enough times that they've figured it out. Yeah, they remember me enough, just like they remember that Andrew's the hot dog guy. Right. They remember that I'm the guy who doesn't want to have a conversation about my kids or lack thereof um, because I'm a guy of, of the right age to be either a young father or a not so fa young father or, or, you know, on the way. Cause once they see that I'm married or I mentioned that I'm married, they're all over it. Um, yeah. Every single time I've come to, a, I've got a really good situation with my stylist going. She's a little bit younger than me and she doesn't have kids and I don't, know if she even wants them but we've never spoken about it because she has three pit bulls and loves to talk about them so we just talk about dogs the whole time ah, it's actually pretty great mm -hmm. nice. mm. see i have no dogs and no kids to talk about i got nothing <laughs> i mentioned that i only go like once every eight months if i remember and get my hair cut and so it takes a long time my last haircut was 90 minutes wow and i'm like oh my god what do i talk about it is one of my major anxieties I don't think there's anything wrong with being quiet. You can chit chat now and then and just spend most of the time being silent. I think that's okay. Yeah, that's that's how I that's how I, I approach a lift drive. Mm -hmm. Um I, I'll I'll say hi, do some niceties, and then I prefer to just kind of be quiet the rest of the ride. So uh how long you've been driving for supercuts? <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a good one. Busy today, lots of passengers. Yeah. Uh, and you speak other languages, yes? 
Marginally. Marginally. Enough to start a conversation in another language with a hairstylist, because that'll shut it down pretty quick. Oh, that's <laughs> true. And and since my language is German, there's a better chance that they won't speak it. I mean, if mm-hmm. I tried to start a conversation in Spanish, that's really taking a chance there. But right. uh, I don't think too many people in this country speak German. Yeah, Good thought, Bobby. Yep. I do what I can. And that is the end of the regular show. Nick sticks around for ice and spoilers. And I think that we've agreed that it's kind of foolish for three people who don't watch a show trying to recap a recap about that show. Uh, other than uh, I will say that Nick is kind of upset. Not, I think upset's too strong a word, but he's getting confused by the timeline and how they are making things that should take a very long time take a very short time, like... Uh, traveling across the continent just so that it lines up with other plot points. Uh, And that is all I will say about Song of Ice and Spoilers. All right. Thursday, 2438, Friends and Crow Workers. I laughed out loud at this uh, title before I even listened to the episode. I thought that was very funny. Um, And we've got friend of the show, P. Fletch, as the co-host. So that's awesome for the next two days. Um, It is very hot in the Pacific Northwest and very smoky because of the fires. And so Andrew decided this was a great time to get on a bicycle for the first time in a decade. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he and it also decided to ride it uphill to the grocery store. Um, And he kind of bailed halfway through, walked up uh, the hill with the bike, left it walked home and had to lay down to recover from this short bike ride. Oh, poor Andrew. I know. And he's feeling very bad about himself for this. But that's a, that's like the absolute worst, you know, worst case scenario for, for picking up a bike again. Like, yep. he shouldn't feel too bad about this. He should, uh, I think he should try it again in better conditions. <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps at the top of the hill instead perhaps of the bottom. Perhaps at the top, yeah. Or flat. Um they talk about how at 9.30 in the morning, the smell of Izell's fried chicken is not the most inviting thing. Um, and then Phyllis said something like, Izell's in the morning, and then trails off. Like, we need some sort of rhyme for that. So they call out to the tens to come up with some rhyming conventions, and they deliver, which we'll hear about tomorrow. Um, and they talk a little bit about how in it, it so rarely gets that warm in Seattle that the, most people don't have air conditioning. Uh, and Andrew complains that fans are ugly, and if they're not ugly, they're very unsafe and old. Phyllis tells us a great story about her friend in college uh, who had a vornado and said that he could get you one uh, wholesale if you didn't ask where it came from. <laughs> Phyllis knows all the people. But he somehow vehemently people. denied. Yeah, he denied that he was in any any way involved in in uh, organized crime. <laughs> Just because his dad owns a sanitation company, that doesn't mean anything. Not at all. Um, Question of the day is, how do you beat the heat? Phyllis says that she would hang out in a shady, breezy area with some iced tea. um, And that's the best uh, situation so she doesn't have to leave the house. Uh, She talks a little bit about um, her husband Josh's seizure. The first time he had a seizure was at Pike Place Market, and the heat can trigger trigger those sometimes, and how he got robbed. It was just awful. We've all heard this story, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, before, but it's just heartbreaking to me that somebody would do that, take his money while he's having a seizure. Um, And then she talks about her friend Mark in Houston. Um, Houston is devilishly hot and humid, and uh, her friend Mark, who has a car with with I, I think it's just a remote start, right? And you can turn the a- AC on before you get in the car. Yeah, just leave the AC on. 
Yeah, it, it's Phyllis would lead you to believe that it was for fancy rich people, but it's actually a fairly common amenity. Yeah, so yeah, and there are car. Yeah, so remote start is one thing, but then there's also um, air conditioned seats. I've found, and and that's something I've wished for a few times here. So maybe in my next car, I'll get, they're like vented seats, so they actually like cool the back of you off too. I could definitely get behind that. Spending yeah. an hour driving to Boston and back in the heat, even with the air conditioning on, um, yep. There's nothing worse than a sweaty back after oh, driving. Yeah. It's yeah. gross. Um, in Texas, I mean, I just stay inside all the time. I rarely leave the house. It's kind of like the winter up north where you're running from your heated house to your heated car, but it's just air conditioned house to air conditioned car to air conditioned building. Uh, literally no place doesn't have air. So, um, it's not a huge issue unless you work outside, which I would never do ever again if it was up to me. (laughs) Um, in Michigan, like I grew up without air conditioning. Um, we lived in, in old kind of Victorian houses that, uh, were, uh, drafty and, pro- and would have cost a fortune and my parents were not into spending the money on electricity so when I was older my parents got window units but as a kid we just had to deal with fans and so we would put wet washcloths on our faces and blow fans directly on us and create cross breezes and things like that so you get pretty inventive with fans and water and ice um, when you don't have air conditioning and it doesn't get that hot that often but when it does it's pretty gross it's very humid um, and it can get over a hundred, um, for a couple of weeks out of the year. So, um, I, they've got all got air now, I think, but window yeah. units. Yeah. We never had air conditioning growing up in Western New York. Um, I didn't, I didn't live anywhere with air conditioning until I got to college and we would just put one fan in one window and one fan out another and just mm-hmm. force as much of a cross breeze as possible through the house. Right. And that was it. And then, yep. um, the freshman after my the summer after my freshman year when I lived in the unfinished attic of a frat house, Ugh. I had two of those room circulator fans, those super strong, small round fans, right. just pointed at me in two different directions on the bed, and that was how I slept. And somehow, miraculously, I had a girlfriend that summer. <laughs> <laughs> she must have really liked you. That's the part that amazes me more than anything. Um, Andrew talks about when he was in college, he would take over a studio at WKSU in Ohio when it was really hot out to archive reel to reel tapes. And he would have been doing this anyway. Yeah. Um, but he had a key to the studio. He would stop at Chipotle and get a burrito and just spend the day in this luxurious air conditioning. Um, and, and Phyllis talks about how a college and air conditioned office job feels really awesome. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I totally agree. I, I spent all of high school working in a kitchen over a grill, um, and our, uh, hoods didn't have air conditioning. And so over that grill, it would regularly get over, I don't know, 120 degrees in the summer. And there was just no escaping it. You just had to deal with it. Um, and so once I finally had a job where I didn't come home smelling like French fries, uh, and just drenched in sweat, I felt like I had achieved, uh, the impossible. So yeah, being in a nice clean office is, is something I don't take for granted. Um, Phyllis talks about how she spent her summers in Prescott, Prescott, Washington, where it got super hot. And when she was about 10, she decided to dress all in white and stand outside in a dust storm (laughs) to get, see how dirty she could get. And her grandma was just like, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Uh, The only thing that would make this mental picture better is if she was wearing goggles and then at the end, she pulled the goggles up and had the rings of dust around her eyes. 
Um, and then let's see, what are we? Oh, um, Andrew's new car has free satellite radio for a little while. And so they talk about Howard Stern and this is one of Phyllis's favorite things to talk about. She loves Howard Stern. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk about the time when someone cut Howard's broadcast cable in Cleveland. It sounds like somebody from WMMS, there was some sort of feud and, uh, and that person was actually arrested. Uh, so we get to hear this old, uh, TV clip from this story um, with some real super Midwest accents on these newscasters. <laughs> and I think this was from like 1994. Uh, and yeah, we got like that. Did you guys catch the Joey Botafuco talking about being victimized by evil women? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what a monster. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they talk about Bean's new podcast again and how much Andrew loves his third episode where he takes a day in history, which was the day that Neil Armstrong landed on the moon and found a radio cast from that day. It sounds like from Seattle. And so they were talking about, um, you know, the old commercials and the, you know, the news clips and things like that and how that's really interesting. So we really should figure out what that's called and <laughs> check it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, top story for today is, uh, this adorable story about Nugget the Crow who taught herself to fly. She was injured in some way when she was a a baby. And, uh, once she was in an enclosure with other crows who could fly, she started flapping her wings and then jumping around and then building stacks of things to jump off of and taught herself to fly eventually, which is really amazing. And then once she could fly, she stopped doing her training. So she was clearly like working up to flying. Um, and I, I keep learning more and more about crows and how smart they are. And I'm just really impressed by them. Like they can recognize faces and be vindictive to people who are mean to them. Uh, I don't think we should, uh, underestimate crows guys. Be careful out there. Oh no. I'd be afraid of crows way before I'd be afraid of deer, frankly. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, I I have been dive bombed by crows before. I think they were trying to get my hair for a nest. Um, There and there is they're kind of developing uh residential areas around my home and so for a while they had put in the sidewalks and they'd put in the street lamps, but then the housing bubble burst and we had recession for a while. So n- none of the buildings got built. So there were just these um, street lamps, like ye old timey street lamps. And I go down that way when I'm walking to go around the lake. And there was this one time where there was a crow that was sitting on one of the street lights watching me. And as I walked underneath the street lamp, it flew to the next one and watched me. And every time I reached the street lamp it was sitting on, it flew to the next one. And it was the creepiest thing that has ever happened to me. Yikes. To be fair, and your hair would probably make an excellent crow's nest. It would. I mean, they have good taste. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Your hair is abundant and elegant. And Mm -hmm. it would, it would, yeah, exactly. I mean, you can't blame them for trying. No. Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is where they talk about, uh, this is where the uh, episode title comes from, Crow Leagues. Andrew gives us Crow Leagues, and, and Phyllis brings us Crow Workers, which is much better. That was great. Yeah. Um, and I have to mention that they're they're using that uh, Joe Esposito song, You're the Best, from, uh-huh. is that from Karate Kid? I think it's not the same version that's in Karate Kid. Oh, but every time it plays, I immediately want to go and watch the Karate Kid. I do have the box set of all four. I'm, I don't consider the one with Jaden Smith to be part of the Karate Kid official <laughs> canon. <laughs> it's an excellent song, and it's an excellent donor song. So good choice. Yes. 
The one with Lana Del Rey in it is excellent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up is this Google feud quiz. And uh, they both just did terribly on this. <laughs> well, this um, is impossible, right? It was impossible. It was impossible. And I played along a little bit. And I got some of the same um, answers. And it, I think they're slightly different based on where you are. Because mm-hmm. I didn't get all of the same answers that Google Feud gave. Um, But what I will say is that I think Google Feud is tainting these things because almost every time one Google Feud came up as one of the autocorrect um, suggestions. So I think it's just kind of, they're going to have to start over with a new batch of questions. Yeah, that's funny. It's kind of eating its own tail a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went to the Google Feud website and noticed a small link at the bottom for push Trump off a cliff again.com, <laughs> which is exactly what it sounds like. It's fun. Go do it. Push Trump off a cliff again.com. I'll put it. I did that. You can run or jump or walk. And there are different um, backgrounds. And the last one, he's just walking through the woods and there's nothing for him to fall off. And so you don't know what's going to happen. But something cool happens. <laughs> and I, the first question in this quiz was, can Jesus dot, dot, dot. And the first answer was microwave a burrito. And <laughs> I did not know where that came from. And Bobby, I think he figured it out. Well, I'm not going to give the Simpsons credit for this. Uh, but it is that classic stoner question. Can, can Jesus microwave a burrito so hot even he can't eat it? Which is, you know, a, a, a forever long ago theological question, can Jesus or God make a rock so heavy that he can't lift it? It's the same general paradoxical thought. Um, but there is a classic Simpsons moment when Homer asks Ned this and breaks him. <laughs> yes. All right, let's go to Friday, number 2439, The Procrastinator and The Pickup Artist. Phyllis is back. Um, she, Andrew is amazed that she's sort of working, the uh, taking emails and handling things all up in the run-up to TBTL because up until this point, she's either been on staycation or she's taken a little bit of time off to come and do this. But now she's just slotting TBTL in amongst all the other 50,000 things that she does every day. But she says she's ready. She's on it. And uh, Walsh Wash and Doormat is sweltering and hazy, they say, which just sounds lovely. But hopefully Andrew remembered not to fart it up before Phyllis came over. So that's (laughs) (laughs) Um, Andrew has a question for Phyllis from his walk to the UW with Genevieve this morning about some statue that he wants to know what it is. And of course, Phyllis knows and she has all kinds of interesting information at her fingertips and it's all about sort of sister city relationships with japan right um i did not pay too much attention to that because i don't live in seattle uh question of the day was a good one for today oh i skipped the uh izel eating guide rhymes but i didn't write those down either uh lots of tens did respond to their plea for izel uh fried chicken guide rhymes i guess um including amelia who posted a truly epic series of them on facebook and i the first one they did was just a variation of that um 
that old chestnut, what is it? Uh, red sky at night, sailors delight. Red sky at morn, sailors be warned or something. something so like they that, just yeah. shifted that for fried chicken, which works for me. You know, guys, we're going to be in Seattle together in like 10 days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all this fried chicken talk is really getting me primed. You think we need to have a little Izelle's date? I don't know. I'd do it. I'm not not thinking that. <laughs> uh, I I have uh, I've had some fried chicken in Seattle before, but uh, that won't stop me from doing it again. <laughs> You're willing to take that bullet for the rest of us? Yes, that cholesterol bullet, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's go then uh, to the question of the day, which was a good one. What's the weirdest thing you've seen in somebody else's house? And Phyllis gets really excited right away because she has got an amazing one. And then she tells the story about a guy that she was dating and she went to his house for the first time. And he had an empty can of chili with a spoon in it sitting in the living room. And Andrew's like, and? <laughs> 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 but Phyllis has a very interesting explanation about... Uh, about why she was shocked by that and how, you know, it's a, a guy who probably didn't have a lot of people to teach him things and sort of what it says about their different mindsets and the different way that, that people live that was just something that she was not expecting. And uh, Andrew brings up the Oprah podcasts um, and about how Oprah talked about how uh, at her lowest points she would eat hot dog buns was it dipped in syrup or just with syrup I think on it? Drizzled does, with syrup. Yeah, yeah. Does that make any difference? Oof. And he makes the point that that we all have some sort of shameful thing. I guess this is the whole concept of of shame eating. Although Luke has built it into an art, but we we all have maybe a kind of emotional crutch or something that surrounds that surrounds food. Although I got to say hot dog bun with syrup on it. I have never even considered. No. Trying that. Sounds that. awful. My, that. my, I think my comfort food is chips and cheese. Um, you know, it's ready in 30 seconds and it's delicious. So As th- in th- that's not super weird. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's good. I, I will say that I rarely do it cause it's such a calorie bomb, but I love a big scoop of peanut butter and you mix in some chocolate chips and some raisins mm-hmm. in there. I know not everybody's into the raisins, but it gives it a really nice chew, but you know, it's good. Yeah, it's hard to lay off of that one once you start it. <laughs> I don't think we have enough time for me to detail the dumb things I eat when no one's around. <laughs> um, but but I will go to the fridge and just eat a, a bite of pretty much any non-raw ingredient <laughs> that's in the oh, fridge. Yeah, you know, definitely. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Uh, grab a slice of deli cheese. That's a classic. Mm-hmm. Or just yep. some mm-hmm. pickles. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, sure. Basically, any components of a great sandwich that happen to be in the fridge can easily you're, be a snack. You're just assembling a charcuterie board. That's all. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. <laughs> One bite at a time. Yeah. I guess I can actually even see the hot dog bun angle because it's nice and soft and squishy. But, boy, the syrup. Sounds that, like an That makes me pause. Me. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'd have to try it before I would throw shade on it. I mean, it, syrup but... on a biscuit is great. But a hot sure. dog is a far yeah. cry from a biscuit. <laughs> I don't like cheap syrup that much. I mean, if you've got real maple syrup and it's just a little bit, but I sweet, sweet's tough for me. I like sweet things, but I like salty things more. Now, buttered roll, like we've got a bag of Portuguese 
rolls in the kitchen right now, and I will totally slice one in half and toast it and butter it and eat a buttered roll. But that's not that's not a weird combination. That's something you can order at mm. restaurants if you ask I, for it. It's not that uncommon. Yeah, I somehow doubt Oprah is is uh, filling her fridge with log cabin syrup. I'm sure she's got like the best <laughs> maple syrup in the world. Yeah. Okay. So, what if you had a hot dog bun? And you buttered it with, like, a salted butter, and then you drizzled syrup on it. That's not that far from, like, a waffle or a pancake. If it was toasted, that actually I'd be okay with that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Now i got to figure out what I'm going to do with the other seven hot dog buns this afternoon. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so then... Um, Phyllis says that she does have a second answer to this weirdest thing you saw at somebody's house. And she tells a story about going to a party for a co-worker who gave her a tour and there was a sex cross in the basement. Hey, guys. <laughs> and Andrew says, cross? I know, Andrew goes, <laughs> quote, and you led with the chili, <laughs> which made me laugh out loud. Yep. Um. But yes, why was why did this person give Phyllis a tour of the house that included the basement? With she clearly the wanted to dungeon. show her the sex yeah. cross. That's right. There's something weird going on there. Yep. <laughs> and I think she made the right decision to peace out pretty yep. damn quickly after that. Uh, Andrew says that the weirdest thing he ever saw was a giant bong that spanned a couple of rooms that was made of tubes and what he characterizes as science stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And my question, you know, being a a non-weed smoker is what is the purpose of having such a huge bong? What do you get by having something that's that big? I'm not a veteran, so I couldn't. It seems counterintuitive to me. It seems like you'd be wasting a lot. The only purpose I can see is that it it really impresses other stoners. Yes. You also have more capacity for smoke, so you can... Well, sort of, but... You can... And it it probably has room for more than one person on it, so it makes it a group activity. It spans multiple (laughs) rooms, so good for parties. Yeah, exactly. It's a showpiece. There's no doubt about that. Uh, When I was in that same frat house that i spent a summer in um these guys had a a six foot long glass you know custom made bong and when it broke it might have been the saddest day of their lives oh i'm sure that wasn't cheap (laughs) no exactly somebody made that with love and care and Mm -hmm. uh spent way too much money on it the weirdest thing i've ever (laughs) seen in somebody's house and this isn't that weird but i was i was a young college student and i was at somebody's house for a, a a party it was not a huge party it was a pretty small one and they just pulled out a bag of cocaine out of the like you know side table drawer just very casually i'd never seen cocaine before i've never done any hard drugs and i was just like oh, i need to leave <laughs> i was horrified and i left yeah that's <laughs> not that crazy my... but it scared me yeah I don't I don't think I have a great answer for this. I've been thinking about it for a couple of days now. Um dildo? Like <laughs> Yeah, that's not that crazy. Oh, people should put them away, but Right, exactly. Just just it's it's sort of like the chili can thing like eh, so you so you have it, you use it, whatever. But Yeah, it's sort of like, like the cocaine, but that's a party too. And this so. this wasn't even like a date. This was just a 
female acquaintance, you know, and it just, you know, I think it was cutting through her, be- her bedroom to use the bathroom or something. And it was just, you know, chilling on the nightstand. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know. why you got to pick up the whole house before company comes over. <laughs> right. Exactly. At least the path to the bathroom. Just do a sweep for, you know, anything that's going to start a conversation you don't want to finish. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I agree. I could not think of a single thing. I think this points to the fact that I need to go out more. I have to go to people's houses in order to see weird things instead of just living my boring life. But uh, but Phyllis's answer was good enough for all of us. Yep. Put well, it that way. And just remember, if you look around the room and can't find the Sucka MC... Uh-oh. <laughs> What's Speaking laying around of, your house? <laughs> Speaking of Sucka MCs, let's go to the top story. Ooh. And LL Cool J is receiving, I, I don't know how to characterize it, being given, receiving Kennedy Center honors, being honored by the Kennedy Center. Uh, and the question that both Phyllis and Andrew have, have, as well as many people on the internet, is really? Why? Why him? As the first rapper being given the honor, why would you pick LL Cool J? And they talk a little bit about what he's good for, um, including black guy, white guy, buddy movies. And um, Phyllis is fascinated with black guy, white guy, buddy movies. And (laughs) she really, she didn't get into all the details of the unifying theory other than that they can be stealth. Like you'll think it's a movie about something else. But it's actually a cross-racial buddy movie in the end. And she says that um, the whole point of the movie is that we want the black guy to like the white guy. To basically convince us white people, I guess, that we really are down? We're not I don't know. I thought it was a very interesting theory. Thanks, Phyllis. Um, But then they get back to... Oh, wait, I can't skip the black guy, white guy, buddy song angle, especially since we had to listen to that monstrosity of a Brad Paisley song Ugh. featuring LL. <laughs> and I enjoyed this because Andrew is excruciatingly embarrassed. Like, I mean, I just have this mental picture of, you know, him pulling the collar of his shirt up over his nose and mouth and turning away and being like nope and phyllis thinks that this is all hilarious she's laughing the whole time while andrew is being embarrassed (laughs) haven't they played this entire song on the show before yeah yes yeah this is an evergreen topic though (laughs) right it never gets better that's for sure nope uh and then they talk a little bit more about ll cool j and why he could possibly be the choice and you know why why not somebody like run dmc or ice t and they speculate that it's because he has like a higher pop culture profile that he's done a lot of things and and then they bring up will smith i mean who's a bigger uh rapper pop culture star than will smith and uh yeah that one kind of got me because up until that point i was like because ll cool j is safe he has made the transition to the mainstream and he's on NCIS. He is not a threatening black person in any right. way. So it's like those fogies at the Kennedy Center feel comfortable welcoming him into their circle. But when she brought up Will Smith, I was like, oh, damn. I don't know. 
I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I, maybe Will Smith is too big. Maybe they wanted to pick somebody that they knew would show up to the thing. I feel like Will Smith is so. I mean, I know they just honor people in the arts. I just maybe they were after a rapper and Will Smith. I think of much more as a movie star at mm. this point. But he's done plenty of. Yeah, I don't know. That makes me think uh, probably about a dozen years ago uh, when I was still uh, working at the store, I had a a younger gal. She's probably like five or six years younger than me. And we were talking once and I I mentioned Will Smith in the context of him being a rapper. And she was like, what? He's not a rapper. And I said, excuse me? Parents just don't understand DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. And she goes, well, I know he had a TV show. Oh, Come on. And I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to be old. <laughs> I used to love that tape. It came out, though, in like the late 80s, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Early 90s, think something right. like that. So, I mean, yeah, I guess we're old. Yeah, I guess. I guess we are. And then they, they play a little bit of music. Some of Phyllis's favorite selections from LL and the Will Smith song with the beatboxer that she really likes. That was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was. That was really fun. Then they move on to this quiz that's been looming on the horizon, this cleaning personality quiz. Oh, boy. Uh, Phyllis is not keen to take a hard look in the mirror on this one, but but she's up for it. She'll <laughs> she'll do it. And uh, they go through all these questions. And, of course, Andrew is very clean and tidy. And Phyllis has a six-year-old child, so she is perhaps not as focused on having the house be pristine all the time and they come up with uh, what turns out to be the the um, title of the show Andrew is the pickup artist keeping everything pretty nice and tidy with maybe a few dust bunnies in the corner and Phyllis is the procrastinator to be frantically cleaning just before somebody comes in the house uh, any thoughts on this mm, I'm somewhere in between but the questions were confusing and not mutually exclusive so I I agree I agree I thought that in many cases uh, either some of them or none of them would Mm -hmm. apply to exactly my particular way of doing things I think they did an excellent job of making the person taking the quiz not feel terrible about themselves but still Mm -hmm. feel like they had room for improvement (laughs) and then directed them to the appropriate article for that improvement Right. right right Yes, Better Homes and Gardens or whatever it was that was uh, running this little yeah. little scam here yep. to get your email address. I don't think that we learned anything that we didn't really already know, right? Right. No. no. Uh, oh, except that I did make a note that Andrew said that one of his Saturday chores when he was a kid was that he had to hand scrub the kitchen floor every week. He had Gosh. to get on his hands and knees and hand scrub the kitchen floor. That's a little bit much, I will say. I had to do a lot of chores, um, but it was their way of taking advantage of the child labor they had at their disposal. But they also um, incentivized us to do it. We had a chore chart, and we would get a dime for every chore that we did. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, mopping the kitchen floor was a dime. And so I was doing that as much as I possibly could because I wanted all the dimes. <laughs> So I did a lot of cleaning, and I think um, I think they're kind of sad that we're all out of the house because they all have to do it themselves. Huh. Yeah. Then they decide that they do have time to do an OPP from the TBTL is Advice Givers Facebook page group, 
page. I'm so confused between pages and groups now at this point. <laughs> oh, uh, Allie received a baby gift. She just had a baby. Congratulations, Allie. She got a gift from off of her registry from somebody that she and her baby daddy think that they don't know. And she wants to know what should she do about it. And I thought Phyllis really handled this like a boss. She just cut through all of Andrew's potential dithering. You could see that he was sort of getting set up to go back and forth (laughs) and back and forth. And she said, here's what you do. You keep the gift and you thank them. Done. (laughs) Yep. Maybe it's somebody who's changed their name and they actually do know them. Maybe it's just somebody from way back in the past, but there's no reason to make a big deal about them. Just keep the gift, write them a thank you note. And that's it. Then she has a couple of funny um, cautionary tales, I guess. Uh, She says that she had a colleague that she heard was getting married and she wanted to send a gift. And so she looked up the registry and as soon as she clicked the confirm button on the registry site, she had a bad feeling. And so she went to look up this person's fiance's name and she had accidentally found a registry from his previous marriage that never happened. And so she immediately had to call Macy's and go, oh my God, please help me. And the... As she characterizes the black lady who was on the phone with her was like, I'm going to take care of this for you and got it all solved. And so her lesson is to make sure that you know the deal before you send a gift. It's a pretty specific scenario, but disastrous <laughs> potentially. Yes. Maybe, maybe sort of internet sleuthing is not the optimal way to find out what's going on before you send somebody a gift for a life occasion. And then she tosses in this little cherry of a story about how she actually knew Amanda Pete when she was in college. They lived next to one another at Columbia, and she found out that Amanda Pete got married. She couldn't resist sending her, again, a gift off the registry. So she picked out a, a nice little pepper grinder and sent a little note saying, hey, maybe you don't remember me, but we used to live next to each other. Congratulations. And then later, she had the opportunity, was it to go to a Game of Thrones premiere, I think she said? Mm-hmm. And she met david benioff who is amanda pete's husband and she she was like i'm i'm just gonna do this and she (laughs) she mentioned the pepper grinder she was like i i sent you this pepper grinder and he was like oh the red one so it seemed like it was a gift that they used and appreciated which is so cool that's great and i think the key here is that she wrote a note explaining who she was you know, yep. it's it's that would have been very helpful for the baby gift as if this person had had at least, you know, given some clues about who they were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Unless they really did think that uh, Allie should know who they were, like they were a really close friend or something or they thought they were a really close friend. Maybe they wouldn't have thought a note was necessary. But I don't know. Duff did this. I put this on that. I actually commented on that thread duff did this with a friend of ours so he's got a friend named jared jared's sister is getting married we've never met jared's sister but jared's a good friend of ours and so duff was like i'll send a gift and so he just found her registry and sent her something and she was like huh (laughs) who's this guy (laughs) and i don't know how it got back but we found out or i found out i think that that she was confused and so i had to quickly like write her a note and like hey it's it's just us don't worry we've met your mom and your brother but uh congratulations on your wedding that's kind of weird. Yeah. It is kind of weird. But it was awfully sweet of Duff to It was. To I mean, it came from a nice place. I just, it, it required a little more explanation than what he gave. Mm-hmm. 
So a couple of notes here. First, uh, I found the listener's baby registry, and there are still a few items left. So if there are any uh, strangers out there who want to make this even more complicated for her, (laughs) go for it because there's some adorable stuff on there. And also, uh, this theme for Friday is just uh, Phyllis burying the lead. On stories. Uh, That's she true. goes with Chili Guy mm-hmm. before the S&M Sex Dungeon. Um, there's even more to that S&M Sex Dungeon story that Phyllis didn't even tell on the show that she told me in our group chat after I yelled at her for burying the lead. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're sending Phyllis back to journalism school to learn the inverted pyramid because I'm not going to blow up the rest of her story, but she should come back on and tell it sometime because there's even more weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that that followed after she fleed that house. Um, yeah, and then also just um, the registry story and all that. And then we find out she used to live next to Amanda Peet, mm-hmm. who is one of my more crushable actress types. And I just uh, told Phyllis she's going to have to be a guest on my Brockmeyer podcast now. <laughs> yes, that, that is true. She's probably the closest connection I have to an actor or actress from the series Brockmeyer. So she just landed herself a co-host role, doesn't even know it yet. Nice. I yep. mean, that's your foot in the door. Exactly. Is what it is. <laughs> uh, just, I, just, I just have an email just to her management. I have just a couple of questions about her pepper mill. She'll know what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go to music for your weekend. Uh, Phyllis chooses Mocktube, Love Me Like Before. Uh, which she very cleverly does not mention to Andrew that Reggie Watts is the singer because she doesn't want him to listen to it with, I guess, um, prejudiced ears. Not prejudiced in the bad way, but, you know, she doesn't want him to form an opinion. Yeah. I had the idea that Andrew maybe wasn't so hot on it, and then he found out it was Reggie Watts, and he was much more interested. I was really uh, impressed. I mean, I knew Reggie Watts yeah. had a great voice, but I, was, I, could, I wouldn't have identified that at all. Yeah. Once she said, I was like, oh, yeah, that's Reggie Watts. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have known mm-hmm. beforehand at all. Uh, Andrew, oh, God, this just makes me laugh every time. From the McDonald's Rock and Gold Collection. <laughs> <laughs> because it's summer, it's the Cascades, Rhythm of the Rain. And then from Caroline, uh, Otis Jr. and Dr. Dundiff featuring Jim James, Under My Skin, which I really liked. I thought that was a good song. So... That is the end of the week. It's time for housekeeping. Uh, check out our merch in our merch store. It's littleredbandwagon.com. Uh, there's a little store button. And I just recently, the other day, decided I wanted to complete my T-shirt collection. So I have one of each now, uh, three on the way. It's very easy. Um, they're awesome shirts. And you would also get the mug that Phyllis brought for Andrew the other day. Uh, oh, yeah, the Walsh Washington right. doormat mm-hmm. mug. Um Keep archiving episodes. Um, if you are shopping on Amazon, use our link. It's littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. We get a few pennies from your purchase, but it doesn't cost you anything extra. And check out our sister podcast, Earbuds and Earworms. The uh, latest episode is Modernized 80s Covers. I love covers so much. So I'm going to stop what I'm doing after this and listen to that. Uh, and if you have any best of LRB moments, send them our way for a future clip show. Awesome. And if you'd like to get involved with the show even more than that, you know where to find us on littleredbandwagon.com, at throwyourphone.com for any throw your phone moments, any hug your phone moments. We are happy to take them. We are 
the light of joy and positivity in the TVTL universe. At least that's how I'm thinking of it these days. Uh, come visit us on Facebook on our page or the Stens page. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast, and you can always email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Voicemails and texts at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And with that, Meredith, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. And we love you, Luke. Come back soon. Nailed it. Me, Ned. Oh, right. The God dude. Hey, I got a question for you. Could Jesus microwave a burrito so hot that he himself could not eat it? <sighs> well, sir, of course he could, but then again, wow, as melon scratchers go, that's a honeydoodle.